everyone, and welcome to the Daily Money Show. My name is Kent Brown, co-founder here at Granger & Brown. This is the Daily Money Show for Friday, July 10th, 2020. And on this podcast, we talk about anything and everything to do with the world of money, but we educate you as well because finance, economics, investments can be extremely confusing and people just don't have time to figure those things out. That's where this show comes in. We take that confusing world, simplify it so that you feel more empowered because you become more knowledgeable. And with that knowledge, you can make better decisions with your money. Now you can get the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, and TuneIn Radio. Just search for The Daily Money Show. You can follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter, where I do post most of the articles that I talk about excuse me, on those web pages. And while you're there, definitely like and follow our pages on today's episode. All right. We're going to discuss how a small restaurant is doing in Houston, Texas. Also, we're going to discuss Tesla's stock, how it could be a massive bubble. All right. We're going to talk about that today. Let's jump into the markets real quick. The S&P 500 positive 1.05% to 31.85 on the day. It's down roughly 6% from its recent all-time high. The Dow is was positive 1.44% on the day to 26.075. It's down roughly 12% from its recent all-time high. And the NASDAQ, positive 0.66% on the day to 10,617. That is a new all-time high, 10,617, new all-time high for the NASDAQ. All right, let's jump into it. We've been talking about the economy and how the idea that this situation that we're in could take a while to recover. Now, we're going to dive into a story about a small business restaurant in Houston, Texas, but that could give us an idea of many other businesses around the country Uh, in potentially similar situations. So this is a story uh, from Houston, and the restaurant owner is Chris Shepard. Now, Chris was named Chef of the Year by Rob Report recently. Uh, So, and I say recently, I think it was like last month in June. Uh, So I would imagine he's pretty successful. Uh, Here's an update as of a few days ago, how his company's doing. This is uh, click2houston.com titled essay, Why Chris Shepard Loves the Houston Restaurant Scene and How He Says It Can Be Saved. So I'm going to read a little bit of this uh, from the article. Just listen to what he says. Here, Here it goes. I received PPP, that's Paycheck Protection Program, funding and did everything I was supposed to do. I hired 100% of my staff back and in many cases paid people not to work since we didn't have work for them to do. We've pivoted until we're dizzy. HEB Mills, HEB is a supermarket in Texas, for those of you who don't know what that is. HEB Mills, Zoom cooking classes, cook at home grill kits, you name it, we I've tried it but we're still at about 30% of last year's revenue. The PPP is gone, which means our safety net is two. Restaurants have razor-thin margins, which means rainy day funds don't exist in our industry, not even for successful restaurants like mine. And here's a little bit more from the article. 
I wish I could temporarily close all my restaurants to ensure the safety of everyone on my staff. I don't want to be a part of the problem. But without support from the government, I don't have the resources to shut down and wait this crisis out. If I shutter my restaurants now, none of them are coming back. I employ 200 people in this community. When I shut down, they lose their jobs. I'm no longer able to pay my farmers, cleaning companies, valet companies, linen companies, wineries, distilleries. Our reach is long. So many families' livelihoods depend on independent restaurants. So here is this, this small business owner, successful, chef of the year, according to Rob Report. Uh, he mentions he's a successful restaurant like his. Um, he received PPP funding. That's the Paycheck Protection Program. But this is the problem that the virus has and is creating his revenue, as he mentions, 30% of what it was last year. So if he made at this time last year, a million bucks, then this year he'd be at 300,000 right now. He mentions at the end, he's no longer able to pay different named expenses. He mentions valet companies, linen companies, things like that. So his revenue's down big time. He's tried doing different things to create revenue. He mentions cooking classes and at-home grill kits and things like that, but his revenue is still 30% of what it was last year. Now, he also mentions the PPP money, right? The Paycheck Protection Program. That's the money, that's part of that government stimulus that went out to small businesses to pay their employees, and he says that's run out. So remember, we've we've got the government stimulus uh running out, as in this case for him, the PPP money ran out, but we've also got the extra 600 bucks a week that runs out at the end of July. So we have these things happening. So as a business owner, what do you do as far as when you don't have revenue coming in? Okay, And if you have 30% of the revenue coming in you did before, what do you do? So basically, unless traffic to his restaurant improves dramatically soon, then the only thing that might save his business, possibly the only thing that might save his business, is another government program. And and, and the article does mention that as far as legislation for, it might be for restaurants or whatever. It's in the article. But you take his situation and you multiply it, potentially multiply it all over the country. Right? As the virus continues to be a problem, the lack of consumption, we've talked about people not spending money is what is hurting these businesses, either people are avoiding, you know, restaurants or movie, you know, for whatever, because of the virus, staying at home, or they don't have money, or they're trying to save their money with an uncertain future. So again, this economic situation, this could last longer than what people might be expecting. But then on top of this, we have this huge rally in the stock market. I say rally in stock market. The NASDAQ is making or just made an all-time high. And we're going to talk about Tesla for a second. So Tesla is the electric car company, if you haven't heard of them. Uh, The first article, this is from Yahoo Finance from a couple of days ago, titled, Tesla stock is a gigantic bubble on the verge of exploding strategist. Uh, Here's just a little bit from the article. The company's market cap now stands at a mind-boggling $258 billion, despite Tesla's long history of not being profitable. Okay, so this was two days ago. 
All right. Uh, today, their market cap, right, the price of their share of stock multiplied by how many shares are outstanding, right, the, the evaluation for a company. Today, their market cap or how much Tesla is worth, this is only two days later. 286 and a half, almost, it's like 286.49 or whatever, according to Yahoo Finance. So basically, 286 and a half billion dollars. So in the last two days, they've Tesla has tacked on to its value as a company almost $30 billion in two days. Now, and, and you might hear that and think, well, okay, well, maybe that's normal or whatever. Let's put this into perspective, okay? Let's compare Tesla to other car companies. You ready? And this is according to Yahoo Finance. So Volkswagen, Honda, Ford... General Motors, Fiat Chrysler, Nissan, BMW, and Hyundai. I don't know if you've heard of those car companies. I just named eight, right? Big car companies. They all have a market cap of roughly $275 billion. And that's not $275 billion each. That's they have a market cap of 275, roughly 275 billion combined. Eight car companies: Volkswagen, Honda, Ford, General Motors, Fiat Chrysler, Nissan, BMW, and Hyundai all have a market cap value of roughly 275 billion combined. Tesla by itself is worth more today than all of those eight car companies I just mentioned combined. What? What? And as the article says, with a history of not being profitable. So this could be a moment, or this could be the moment. I don't know if it's today or next week or whenever, but this could be the moment when we look back five to ten years from now, and we when we say, "Can you believe that Tesla was trade its stock was trading at a value worth more than those eight car companies combined?" Just crazy times. And so we've got the next, uh, I'm going to talk about this interview from Bloomberg TV via Twitter. It's with Rob Arnott. Uh, excuse me, Rob Arnott. I guess you pronounce it that way, A-R-N-O-T-T. Um, I'll post a link to the Twitter posting that has a the clip of the interview. But here's part of what he said in the interview. He said, valuations are now stretched for growth stocks relative to value stocks. Okay, valuations, what a company's valued at, are now stretched for growth stocks relative to value stocks wider than it was at the peak of the tech bubble, says Rob Arnott, the founder of Research Affiliates and godfather of smart beta investing. Again, valuations are now stretched for growth stocks relative to value stocks wider than it was at the peak of the tech bubble. Okay, tech bubble in 2000, right? The tech bubble burst, stock market fell almost, when I say the stock market, the S&P 500 fell almost 49, uh, almost 50%, not including dividends over that, whatever it was, two to three year period of time. So here we are at a time when growth stocks, Compared to value stocks, it's wider. The valuations are wider 
than it was at the peak of the tech bubble. Okay, so we have all this going on, right, with the market and everything, but then we have the economy, and this is as of yesterday, but so yesterday was the unemployment report, uh, or in initial jobs claims report, and this is from Wolf Street, okay, so we have the this Tesla worth more according to its stock price than the eight car companies that I mentioned. We have the NASDAQ making an all-time new high today. And then we have this. This is from yesterday. Uh, WolfStreet.com. Unemployment claims hit new record 32.9 million state and federal week 16 of U.S. labor market collapse. Here's a little bit from the article. The total number of people who continued to claim unemployment compensation in the week ending July 4th under all state and federal unemployment insurance programs, including gig workers, jumped by 1.41 million people to 32.92 million, not seasonally adjusted. The Department of Labor reported this morning this is as of yesterday, it was the highest and most gut-wrenching level ever. So there's our situation. We have, as of yesterday, almost 33 million people in our country on some type of unemployment government aid, and yet we have the NASDAQ making all-time highs. Crazy. So we're going to see what happens. Uh, As far as my current positioning, I am currently short an ETF that tracks small cap companies. That is what I am currently positioned. Uh, but we'll see what happens. I will uh, we'll keep you updated next week. Next Tuesday, we'll talk to you. And as always, remember, bad debt equals lots of regret. Bye now. All information and materials discussed on this podcast are for educational purposes only. Opinions expressed on this podcast are based on information considered reliable, but Granger and Brown cannot guarantee the accuracy of the information, nor should it be relied upon. The host is an active trader who may be invested in securities or investments discussed on this program in which he may take long or short positions. Also, the host's trading may be short-term in nature, and positions disclosed should not be taken as investment advice nor recommendation to buy or sell any securities or investments. The information discussed on this podcast should not be used as a recommendation to buy or sell any securities or investments or taken as investment advice. There could be real risk of loss by following any opinions or investment strategy discussed on this podcast as prices regarding securities or investments may rise or fall dramatically depending on the market environment. Current or past performance is no guarantee of future results. Investments or securities discussed on this podcast may not be suitable for any individual's situation. Individuals should seek advice from a licensed investment professional or professionals regarding their own personal investment situation, time horizon, or needs. Returns and information in this podcast are estimates only and might not be exact. There are risks when investing in real estate, including liquidity risk, in which the sale of your real estate purchase could take a prolonged amount of time. Also, if you choose to sell your real estate purchase, you might have to sell it for less than what you originally paid. There are also risks and possible tax consequences associated with investing in real estate inside an IRA. Granger & Brown Investments is not a registered investment advisor or broker-dealer. Granger & Brown Investments is not an accounting firm and does not give tax advice regarding any security or any real estate transaction. You may want to consult with an accountant, attorney, real estate agent, or financial advisor before proceeding with any transaction regarding securities or real estate.